We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There it is. The Chiefs complete no-loss November with the 19-9 win over the Dallas Cowboys to send us into Thanksgiving and the bye week the exact way that all of us want to. So thank you all for joining us here on the post-game show on KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kissel, joined by Kent Swanson, Tucker Franklin, Scott Ward, and we will be joined soon by Craig Stout and Maddie Lane to help break this down. We are at the Bullpen Bar and Grill out here in Overland Park, Kansas, and what a way for us to finish out, Kent, our experience at the bullpen bar and grill since we will soon be moving on to the kingdom bar and grill after the bye week um, for the first couple of games and then we will invite everybody to come hang out with us on december 16th that thursday night game but kent this was the exact game that the chiefs defense will start there because they were the story of this game this was this this was the game the chiefs needed to see from the defense to have all his aspirations to get back to the Super Bowl and all those good things we've been talking about. I mean, they capped off a great November for that side of the football, and they've just continued to get better. And a lot of people, including myself, wrote them off in a lot of different ways. I did not have a lot of confidence in their ability to turn this down. They look slow. They look like they lack some juice up front, and they turned things around very quickly in a big way. Started up front, which I'm sure we're going to talk about Chris Jones here in a little bit, but that defensive line was dominant and was absolutely led by Chris Jones and perhaps his best performance as a Kansas City Chief, and that's saying a lot. He's not the only player that we could make the case no. for having their best performance of their career in this game tonight against the Dallas Cowboys. Again, the Chiefs go to 7-4 and four on the season, and they are right in the th- – 7-3 um, on the season. They are – Atop the AFC West, and again, we talked about seven four, seven four, seven four, whatever it is. And it's basically they're back at the top. It's basically of the division. It's basically eight and four because the Andy Reid bye week out of a bye week lock. So, just thinking about that, already moving forward. Good things are happening, Kansas City. Let's not move forward. Let's let's soak this one. Soak this one in. Let's talk about this one. And again, we are going to go through tomorrow's headlines with Craig Stout here in a minute. We've got key observations in a bit with Maddie Lane, the big seater drive, best drive of the game. And then we will get to your questions later in the game. So, or excuse me, later in the show. So if you've got any questions, whether you're watching on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, the Twitch, wherever you're watching, please let us know what questions or comments you have. And Scotty will bring those up. But right now, let's bring on Mr. Craig Stout to help us break this one down and we wouldn't it wouldn't be perfect to not bring you on and start 
talking Chiefs defense because they were absolutely dominant, holding the NFL's number one offense to their lowest output of the season. Just like we all expected, right? Like everybody <laughs> expected that this is exactly the way that this game was going to go. Nobody doubted that the Chiefs had racked up some good performances there. And maybe we're going to come up against the NFL's number one offense and bleed a little bit. But holy cow, that defense was awesome all day. A complete performance. One of the better performances in Steve Spagnolo's tenure as a defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. I loved it. I loved it from start to finish. Yeah, there's so many things to unpack with this this defensive performance. Honestly, there really is, and and I think we probably need to start with you know two key you know situational football was fantastic for this defense. Third down, uh, and, and in the red zone, Craig, both of those two key metrics. The Chiefs played very well in those areas. Absolutely. Um, the the Chiefs held the Dallas Cowboys to five of fifteen on third down. This is now four weeks in a row that the Chiefs defense has been locked down on third down. It's going to be amazing to really dig into those third downs again. But I'm looking at the red zone stuff. Like Officially, the Cowboys are 0 for 2 in the red zone. They did get in the red zone, and a penalty took them back, so they didn't have a snap there, so it doesn't technically count as an 0 for 3 in the red zone. But I'm counting it anyway because the Chiefs defense is so good. <laughs> but just uh, That's the situation in football. When you win on those phases, and when you're that good on those phases, that's exactly what happens. How many times, Chief fans that are listening to this, how many times when the offense struggled to move the ball, turned the ball over, missed field goal, did you think, oh, man, here it comes. And then, lo and behold, the Chiefs defense steps up to yet another challenge of a good offense. And they were just able to shut them down for most of the day. So, yeah, the situational football was almost perfect on the day and you couldn't have convinced me of that in like week three of this season from this Chiefs defense but oh you do you have something you want to say no, you guys say, go. well you know I was thinking about week three you know you look at you look at early in the season and, and this team is you know they're they're struggling to get a pass rush we're making comments about how expensive this this pass rush up front is and, and the production that they're getting we're seeing guys like you know Legereus need not playing maybe to his best and boy the script flipped in a drastic way because, you know, the big-time players made big-time plays in a big-time game here on the defensive side of the football, Craig. Yeah, you guys remember when we were talking about how the Chiefs defense couldn't stop, a, you know, anybody in the red zone? Now, all of a sudden, you've got Chris Jones making monster plays. That's the best game of Chris Jones' career. I, I, arguably, the one from Philly a couple of years ago was the one that you would chart up there. This game had plays from the first quarter all the way to the fourth quarter there with that tip ball that you got to see there at the end. Frank Clark got pressure all night long off of the edge. Melvin Ingram made some terrific plays. But shout out to the cornerbacks, man. Legereus Need and Charvarius Ward both coming up with interceptions, both playing ridiculously well all game long. They didn't get the matchups that we all thought when this past week started with Amari Cooper, with, you know, C.D. Lamb. They didn't get those same matchups, but it didn't matter. They showed up, they shut down the guys opposite them, and they were trusted in man coverage throughout the day. Like, that was the thing. They, they lined up and played man coverage out of Steve Spagnuolo's defense, and they were able to limit a dynamic offense. Just a phenomenal job by the defensive stars. That's what you pay those guys to do. That's what they did today. Yeah, and I, I 
I laughed when you brought up the Philadelphia game because I remember that was one where Chris Jones got the ball in his hand and said, I got it, and all I was thinking about was taking it to Overland Park. And that's all I can remember from that game and talking about it. But I can say, regardless of being the best game of his career, what Chris is going to be upset about is once he got the ball in his hands, he tried to make a couple moves and lost yardage. <laughs> that's going to kill him. It's going to get so much crap in the locker room after that game because of that particular moment. But absolutely dominant performance from Chris Jones. But, Craig, I want to ask you about the other side of the ball and ask you about the offense because – the last eight drives, and as much as it was about the Chiefs' defense, it wasn't just because of the stats. It's because of the leverage and the momentum that they were constantly fighting against when it felt like the offense couldn't get anything going. The last eight drives by the Chiefs' offense, they only walk away with a field goal. That puts a lot of strain on your defense because of what the offense did and some of those key turnovers again. Yeah, I mean, they saw double-digit drives, the defense did, because the offense was not – moving the ball and they weren't doing a good job of taking time off the clock when they weren't moving the ball so we got to see this defense have to line up and play a ton of snaps and you started to see them get a little gas as the game went along there but they kept coming up with those stops you look at this offense the dallas cowboys once again this too high defense that we we're going to probably be talking about for the rest of the season that the nfl by and large hasn't figured out it's not just the chiefs right now but they really struggled to move the ball and the drives that they did move the ball, the chiefs offense turned it over once again. Yeah. And you can kind of see that, that momentum, the, the confidence just kind of drained from the offense when those turnovers have occurred so far this season, this game was the exact same. And now all of a sudden you seem less dynamic, you know, second guessing stuff rather than pitching the ball. Mahomes tries to fake pitch it on, you know, late in the game. It's like, it's stuff like that that was just clicking and it was going ridiculously well early in the game. Now, all of a sudden, it's a struggle. It's an uphill climb. And it happens after those turnovers. It just seems like those turnovers are the back-breaking thing that just kind of ruins the rest of the night for the Chiefs offense. But again, a big credit to the defensive side of the football for taking care of that, you know, of the situations that they were presented because that was a really big. And, and really, Craig, before we you know get you off here, um, I really wanted to talk to you about, you know, like we talked about the stars, but mm -hmm. I don't know if I can identify one person that really had a bad game on the defensive side of the football. Like, you know, we talked about the star, the stars making plays, but think about it. I, if you can, I mean, the, the, I think everyone across the board, I think some of the, some of the, the linebackers, I think actually played pretty well. Um, safety largely played pretty well interior defensive line. Like, that, what was 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 there any glaring issue here on on the defensive side of the ball for this team? No, and we were a little worried about this game, you know, in the pregame period with Tyron Matthew maybe being limited. He was obviously out there and he played well. Dan Sorensen played well in his dime reps. He, he came up with a big hit there at the end of the game, stopped a ball from getting there. They all played well. Juan Thornhill played really well. Had a couple really great fills coming downhill. Good tackles. Linebackers played well. Like Nobody on that side of the ball played poorly. And when you hold the NFL's number one offense to nine points and zero touchdowns, like that, that means that you played well as a unit, but it's not always to the level that they did because it was the entire unit. Everybody played ridiculously well. Shout out to Rashad Fenton. I hope he's okay. He was a, he was a massive player for this team yeah. today as well. Uh, this buy can't come soon enough. This defense is a little beat up, and but they were warriors out there playing and holding a good offense down today. And it, those warriors, and they were leaders. And you know what else? 
who are leaders? Fairway Independent Mortgage. Fairway Independent Mortgage makes the home loan process as simple as possible by guiding you through every step, just as they've done for the past 25 years. Call Jennifer Dixon at 816-390-8898. That's 816-390-8898. Great rates, a focus on customer service, and the fastest turn times in the industry. That's Fairway Independent Mortgage. Mr. Big Institution, thank you so much. And everybody listening, catch all of his analysis throughout the week on our daily Substack newsletter. And you can also catch him each week with Mike DeVito and some guy you may have heard of, Derek Johnson, uh, joined us this week to start doing a weekly defensive breakdown that Craig is very excited about. They're they're 4-0 since DJ agreed to come on KCSN. I'm just saying. This team is 4-0, and that defense has looked awesome. (laughs) Facts. Facts only. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. We will be joined by Maddie Lane here in just a little bit. But right now, we are going to take a quick break, and you're going to get a chance to see some of the other shows that we have here on KC Sports Network on the college side. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Bullpen Bar and Grill out here in Overland Park. I'm BJ. That is Kent. And right now it is time for the Big Cedar Golf Best Drive of the Game. And before we break it all down, take a quick look at what makes Big Cedar so special. Absolutely beautiful down there. And what was beautiful is when the Chiefs were up 16-3, to they got the ball to start the second half. It was a quick turnover, the one to Travis Kelsey bounced off him. And then it was a, it could have been a, oh, no, here we go again. And instead it was a, here we are for anyone who doubted us, talking about the Chiefs defense. We already talked about them being the story of the game. This was the drive of the game, in our opinion, holding the Cowboys with all the momentum on the Cowboys side to just the field goal camp. It was massive. It was a, it was a representation of, of, I think, this entire performance for this you know def- defense, Bailey this team out for the entirety of the game because the Chiefs offense had time and time again opportunities to close this game out and the defense kept responding and this was a prime example turnover to start the second half when we thought you know starting to get a little bit momentum on the plus territory what does that defense do they tighten up in the red zone they force a field goal again for this for you know for a really high powered offense a very good offense I don't care who who missed today I don't care if CD Lamb missed a little bit Amari Cooper missing the game that's a still a good unit, a good play callers, and the Chiefs went out and stopped them and held them to a field goal in a key situation in that game. Absolutely. That was the Big Cedar Golf best drive of the game. And Big Cedar Lodge is quickly becoming known as America's next great golf destination with some of the best designed courses in the country nestled just down the road in the Ozarks. It's exactly what you need when you know you need it. Ozark National, Big Cedar, Paynes Valley, Buffalo Ridge, Top of the Rock, BigCedar.com will take care of all of it. You can plan your trip right now. You may see Kent and I down there with some sticks golf clubs here in a little bit. But uh, right now, let's bring on Mr. Matty Lane to help break down what he saw from the Chiefs in this game today. Again, winning 19-9 over the Dallas Cowboys in a huge game, no matter how we ended up getting here. 
this was huge for the Kansas City Chiefs. Maddie, what stood out to you tonight? Uh, there's a lot of stuff. I think the biggest thing you have to start with, though, is this Chiefs offense. It's just it's still not clicking right. They only scored 19 points against the Cowboys defense, and they did the majority of that work kind of at the beginning of the game. But on the other side, Chiefs defense continues to play as good, if not better, than anybody could have thought coming into it. So it's a little bit bittersweet to kind of see the offense struggle so much, but at least the defense is starting to pick up some of that slack. Yeah, Maddie. you know, we really hoped that we were going to get to see a continuation of what we saw last week on Sunday Night Football against the Las Vegas Raiders with the offensive performance. And, you know, it kind of came, came back to the same kind of script. Uh, the Chiefs offense sputtered for, you said, eight, eight drives and, and three points out of those drives after, you know, starting a little bit hot. Um, I don't even know where to start. Let's, let's just say, what, what do you think the biggest issue today was on the offensive side of the football? I mean, the offense just keeps banging their head into a brick wall. They see the same coverage week in and week out, except for last week when they clearly had a good performance. They see the same coverage and they keep trying to do the same stuff that isn't working. It's a lot of middle field passes. They're trying to attack the intermediate intermediate area of the middle of the field. And you have so many players playing into that area. That's where corners are trying to funnel all these crossing routes to. And you just get the Chiefs continuously trying to throw the ball right there. That Another thing that's not working is isolating Travis Kelsey on the backside of three-by-one stuff. It's just not working. And the Chiefs brought that back this week. You combine that with going away from the run for what seemed like six out of those eight drives, and you just have an offense that's being too stubborn for its own good. There was only one guy that caught a pass over 25 yards today for the Kansas City Chiefs. That was Byron Pringle with a 37-yard catch, two targets. Just like we all thought. Just like you. It was a really nice it was a really nice play call. It was one of the better play calls that we saw the entire game. Um, you know, actually, the funny thing is, Matty, I'm pretty sure Mahomes had – Tyree Kill on an out route and Byron Pinkle wide open on the corner. And of course, you know he's going to take that the take the deeper shot. But Byron Pringle, talk a little bit about him. I think he's been a nice little piece here the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and we talked about it for a couple of weeks. It looks like Byron Pringle signed to slowly gaining more and more of Patrick Mahomes' trust. Whether that's he is playing well, but that could also be because other guys aren't stepping up for whatever the reason may be. He's getting on the field more often, and they seem to be have this, you know, a better connection than they did to start the season. And so what you're seeing is not only is Byron Pringle a guy that Mahomes trusts to throw the ball to, the Chiefs can put him into some interesting spots. They can play him on the line of scrimmage. They can allow him to run over the middle of the field and kind of take some of these more possession receiver routes. He's just got a different skill set than you see out of a McCole Hardman, Tyree Kill, or even a little bit of Travis Kelsey. And that's something the Chiefs have greatly needed. So the more Byron Pringle snaps we're getting right now, I think think the better off this offense has been so uh i mean do, do you feel i'm just gonna ask do you feel better about what we saw offensively if you know the the chiefs go down and uh and, and they're able to convert that touchdown on the first drive of the second half like, how do you feel about this game if the ball doesn't bounce off the tire of travis kelsey's uh hands they don't get that turnover and they, they go down and score like how do you feel like what, what is your feeling about this team after that yeah, and that's kind of where the tipping point was, I think, for the offense kind of went from trying to do stuff to trying to burn the clock. I think after that interception, they were still playing their offense. I think they still came out and threw the ball a lot, but they looked like they were trying to burn the clock. So there was still a lot of stagnant drives between, you know, their last score and that one. But you could chalk them up to Trey Smith penalties, drops by McCole Hardman, by Josh Gordon. Like there were their own self-inflicted mistakes. So, yeah, if they go down and score at the start of the second half, I think you feel a lot better. It's just 
the fact that they could not get anything going because of these own mistakes they were making. It's just it's the same offense you've been seeing for the past month outside of the Raiders game. I'm just trying to like I'm sorry I was just, I'm trying to gauge how I feel about this offense compared to some of the other performances because I don't think it's quite as bad as what we've seen at times this year. I think there's, you know, the ball was moving a little bit more. They were getting the ball into the red zone with a little bit more consistency, obviously, and they had some more opportunities there. Sputtered out with some drops. Sputtered out with some self-inflicted wounds still, but it did seem like there was a little bit more momentum, a little bit more rhythm at times than we'd seen, but probably not to the standard that we're accustomed to with this organization, this offense. Yeah, and it's the biggest issue, it was that this performance isolated by itself would be something that I think you could move on from. There was a couple third downs in which Micah Parsons had a great pass rush. That's yeah. going to happen when you're playing, you know, your third string right tackle or even Orlando Brown. That's a bad matchup for him. Then you have a couple drops. That happens. It's just this game was a backward step from last week. They didn't improve on what the offense did last week. So you're kind of still left going into the bye week as a fan wondering, what does this offense need to do? Because like we're still not really seeing any signs of performance progression towards getting back to being a dominant offense at this point in time. Let's get let's move back to the other side of the ball then. Let's go back to what yeah, the story of this one, was, please. which was the defense. And I just saw a status retweeted on social media uh from NFL research. The Chiefs defense has allowed fewer than 20 points in four straight games, all wins. The last time they did that was a five game streaks from weeks eleven through sixteen in twenty nineteen. Just over a month after that streak, they won Super Bowl L I V. Those are the stats oh, that I want to talk about. Ooh. You love to Man. see it. Hashtag no loss November. This defense has been great. And like, I know Craig talked a lot about it, so I don't need to talk about every single part of it, but I mean, this defense is a lot of fun to watch. This defense is a lot of fun to watch right now. What, what they're doing with the pass rush, they find they have two edge players right now that are both rushing the passer really well. You're forcing quarterbacks to step up. Jerron Reed's playing better than Chris Jones. I mean, obviously had one of his best performances of his career. Like everybody's kind of working together on the front line now. And it shows up. I mean, like what kept catching my eye, and I don't know about you guys there, Legereus Sneed and Willie Gay just moving around the yeah. field. That's yeah. something the Chiefs haven't had in a long time. Yes. Yeah, there's one of those plays, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, where it was a third down play that was swung out to the outside, and they, they showed it that the natural pick play is what they talked about. Willie Gay got out and made the tackle, and yeah. I tweeted out, like, that's a winning play because that was when the, they didn't have the momentum. Open field tackle, linebacker yeah. getting out in space, making a tackle was a yard and a half, two yards short of a first down on the plus 30, anywhere yeah. further than that. Dallas may be going for it. This is a, one of those plays that may not be on a highlight reel, but when you look back, like, that's the that's – one of the biggest plays of the game. And Willie Gay has a couple of those every single week where the ball gets out quick enough to the flat that it should be a problem, but you just get that that wide view when you know the replay shows it. And thankfully, that's the one good thing about Fox. You get a lot more good replays than CBS because I don't know who does CBS's replays, but they're terrible. But you get that wide view, and you see Willie Gay just fly across the field. And then other times, it's Legereus Sneed breaking on a screen underneath, dipping under a block, and making a tackle on the line of scrimmage. These two guys are elite athletes, and you just can't attack the Chiefs in the same way that you have this defense the past couple of years with both those guys out there. They're not missing tackles frequently. They cover so much ground no matter where they are. When those two guys are out there, I mean, you see it. Those quick passes to the flat, quick out routes, they don't get that many more yards than they go for in the air. Well, you think about when this team was not performing well defensively. There was a lot of plays out in the edges that the Chiefs weren't getting to, that uh, linebackers were tackling down the field, heading the wrong direction. Um, or not tackling. I mean, a lot of a lot of missed tackles in the back seven of that defense, out on the edges, not slipping blocks. You know, and, and Legarius seemed. I, 
I, we can slow down for a second because we spent a lot of time talking about Chris Jones. Legereus Sneed had I, possibly the game of his life, and he got to finish it out with an interception. But the tackling, the, the closing, you know, uh, everything about this performance was as good as I've ever seen from a Legereus Sneed. And I think he also broke up three passes. I mean, he had the big hit on Michael Gallup where he was found him at the end of the at the end of his zone and was able to break that one up. Like he had a great game and he's been playing better and better as the years gone on. Like there was a lot of hype for him coming into the season. And I don't want to say he disappointed to start the year, but he looked like a second year player that was drafted not in the first round trying to get his feet back under him. But since he has, he's looked great. And the last two weeks, we've seen the Raiders and the Cowboys keep trying to challenge the Chiefs out in the open field and making the cornerback tackle. But Legereus Steen does that as good as anybody else when you include like the distance he has to cover. These aren't guys lined up right for him. So these plays he's making out in the open field, he's been great. Willie Gay's been great. You have Charvarius Ward, Rashad Smith, and all these guys are tackling and covering a lot of distance now. Like this is a new style of Chiefs defense that we haven't had for the past two, three seasons. Yeah, and here's just a, a natural plug for Sam McDowell of the Kansas City Star did a phenomenal piece this week on Legereus Need and, and what he's been through. And I think that's where Sam's at his best, that the storytelling stuff, it was phenomenal for anybody who hasn't had a chance to go read that. It's it's great when in this COVID environment that these journalists can get out there and, and spend some time with these players and pull some of these stories out. I think it's the best for all of us. And so, Maddie, anyway, we appreciate uh, you for joining us on this. Do you have any final thoughts? And if so, let us know what those are, and then please let us know what we can find from you tomorrow morning on our newsletter and Substack. So I think the final thought here is I'm glad the Chiefs have a bye week coming up. I think there's a couple yeah. guys that do need to get healthy that need to kind of get their feet back under them, feel a little bit better going into it. But I also think this coaching staff, especially on the offensive side, they need some time to figure out what to do going forward. So this is a perfect time for the Chiefs in a bye week. They close it out without as strong of a schedule. So they're in a great spot going forward to lead into the playoffs, hopefully playing better. And as far as uh, coming up tomorrow, we're going to look at a play of the game, and I think it's going to be a defensive play. We haven't had too many defensive plays of the game so far this week, but I, uh, I got my eyes on one right now that I think kind of helped the Chiefs keep this low-scoring game as a big win for them. All right, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Find him tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Arrowhead time on the KC Laboratory live show with me, Craig, and Maddie. Matt, appreciate you, man. Awesome. The other thing that you're going to be able to find on that show tomorrow for anyone who has not yet gone on Twitter and retweeted and followed us is that we are giving away a Frank Clark autographed football before the KC Laboratory. Maybe you guys announce it on the KC Laboratory tomorrow. You know what? If you, if, as long as you make me, as long as I read it, I'll be fine. I can't, I can't do anything ad, you know, ad lib. Just make, give this me entire show is ad lib. lib. No, I, there's, I'm actually, there's actually a teleprompter back there. <laughs> no, there's a Tucker. Back there is what there is. And we've, we've been asking you guys all show to let us know what your questions and comments are. And we're going to bring those up here in a minute. But before we do that, right now we're going to do the 360 Vodka post-game toast. So if you're out there watching or if you're listening to this on podcast after the fact, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, have an early one. But uh, I want to give a post-game toast to Tyron Matthew and the Chiefs defense. Not to be too preachy about all of this, but uh, the Chiefs defense – had a lot of questions about it. They had a lot of doubters. They had a lot of things earlier in the season, ways they were trying to be picked apart. People were calling out spags. They were saying this guy should be cut, that guy should be cut. And these guys stayed together from the beginning. The messaging never changed. Got made fun of for staying together. And now we're seeing him turn it around. And we've been the reason for no loss November has been the Chiefs defense. So I'm raising my glass to Tyron Matthew and the Chiefs defense for continuing the leadership, all the stuff that people were preaching about. They did change it around. And it's the reason that we're in this position right now. 
All right, that was the post game toast. Thanks to 360 Vodka. Talking a little Chiefs defense. The things I've been muttering during the entire game that you hear me say the whole time. You now the, the people can hear it. You know, there's never been a doubt with CJ Kissel. I can tell you that much. He just, there's the belief, the belief within what he, he's been a part. I mean, part of it was, you've been a part within our organization. You've seen the I, championship swagger. You've seen the championship DNA. And your confidence and your belief has never wavered. I can I can vouch for that. I'm going to be cautious. I'm cautiously optimistic anyway. I won't make anything part of the show, but I'm cautiously optimistic anyway. I always have been. But it stemmed from being around these guys. I know what Tyron is about. I know what Spags is about. And I don't think they forgot how to play football. I don't think that all of a sudden that's the level of football that they were going to play. It was only a matter of time before they got back to playing. I'm not going to say dominating the number one offense in the NFL that was coming in. Averaging, what, 32 points per game, and they get held to nine, their lowest output of the entire season. I can say we saw that, but having them come out and be an above-average defense and the reason that you're going to win football games, yes, I saw that happening. Well, may turn it around in a big way. And, I mean, I, I don't want I don't want the fact that Amari Cooper, Ty, Ty, uh, Tyron Smith, and, and, and C.D. Lamus in the, the second half of the game, that does not diminish what we just saw. Because <laughs> worse offenses have put up points on the Chiefs' defense differently than what we saw today the Chiefs defense was outstanding and it didn't matter that there was some there was some issues there's some attrition on that side of the football that was a dominant performance the Chiefs won that game by two scores a two-score win in the NFL is very hard to come by that was an impressive win that was an impressive defensive performance and this group undoubtedly is coming together pulling things together things are starting to make a lot more sense being healthy has very clearly helped and and the athleticism on that side of the football they're playing a lot faster than they were at the beginning of the year all right and we've been asking this entire show for your questions whether you're watching on twitch whether you're watching on youtube twitter wherever you're at please ask us those questions now and we will get to those to wrap up this show again the chiefs win 19 to 9 over the dallas cowboys move to first place or stay in first place in the afc west the rest of the AFC keeps dropping back. We've seen Buffalo struggle. We're seeing Tennessee struggle without Derrick Henry. And then there's the Chiefs just figuring it out at the right time right here in the middle of the season, playing their best football. They do need a break. I like what Maddie said about this is a good time for the bye week, especially in the second half. It feel, felt like the defense was getting a little tired uh, with as much as they were out there in the second half when the offense was struggling. It was great to see. But um, before we bring on some of these questions, do you have any final thoughts? before we get to this last segment. Yeah, uh, the Chiefs have are in higher playoff seed than the Buffalo Bills right now. <laughs> Who, what? Who would have thought that? Oh, okay, yeah, okay, this guy. This is the weirdest NFL season I've ever seen. You know what I love about watching these Bizarre. games with you guys now? That you know, like, I'm honestly saying all of these. Oh, yeah, I never doubted that. I really didn't. People think I tweet, like, what I don't feel. Oh, or, like, no, it's honestly how I feel. That's how I feel. <laughs> And he's been proven right. <laughs> the, the, I'm telling. Uh, to, to be fair, the, the the AFC is bonkers. I I've never seen a I've never seen a divi- uh, a conference like this. Buffalo surprised me. I'm not. Baltimore being up and down does not surprise me because Lamar Jackson is up and down. Yeah. Tennessee doing what they're doing without Derrick Henry doesn't surprise me because their entire team was built around Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. All right. How many? We saw a question right there. I lost it. How many interceptions does Seed finish the season with? Well, yeah. How many does he have right now? Two. I think he's got two. I That's a that great up. follow-up yeah. question that should've, none uh, of us were prepared should've for. Should have known that one heading into that. <laughs> How about the rest of the year? Give me two more interceptions over the course of the rest of the season. So he's going to add two to whatever his total is. How about that? You like that answer? I like that. I think it's a good answer. Chiefs offense puts up more points. Teams feel like I have to throw the ball a little bit more. But the defense is dominating. Run defense, 
Everything. I mean, if, if they if the pass rush keeps playing like this, then the guys in the back end are going to get more opportunities to make plays because it all started with pressure. It started with the guys in the trenches winning. Because I think we tweeted out even in the first half when Dallas made a few plays, even before C.D. Lamb got hurt, it'd be like second and ten, and they would get eleven yards. But we almost got to Dak. He had to make a tough play. It was a tough contested catch, and then a quick tackle. Like everything, they were making him earn every single yard that oh, they yeah. have. And it was only a matter of time. It's like this is fine if the defense gives up twelve yards right here because. They made him earn every single yard. Nothing was easy. That's a great sign for your defense. Everything was so disconnected earlier in the year, and you see how how you know everything kind of coming together at the same time has made a big difference. And Dak, really, I mean, Dak had a lot of yards. He had a lot of garbage time yards that final drive, but he was under 200 yards before that drive started in passing. Man. You got Carter? Carver. Uh, Carver, where does the Chiefs defense stand among others in the league right now? Woo! Uh, they're trending in the right direction for sure. I mean, they, they're starting to look and shape up more like a top 10 type defense. I mean, honestly, what we've seen this last last month has been outstanding. Oh, I thought you wanted to get in a, get a point in your you, – okay. You think you're can, the best can you, defense? Do, do I think you can make a case over the last four weeks the Chiefs have been – how the rest of the league was playing, I could make that case, but I don't. But I can tell you right now, they just faced the number one scoring offense in the NFL and held the lowest output of the season. Came in averaging 32 points, scored nine points. Yeah. It's big. It's a big gap. It's a good job. It's really nice. Hey, if they, if they play like that the rest of the year, there's not many defenses are going to be like them, for sure. There's a lot of teams that don't want to play the Chiefs right now the way that these guys are getting after it up front. And I don't know if it can be understated, and I don't want to give all of the credit. Somebody came in from the outside, and it's, it's everybody getting better, but <laughs> Melvin Egram is a grown man. Like, this well, guy is making a huge difference in just having another guy. What? Yeah, he did get performance, too. I mean, there's so many guys. There's so many guys that just had a great game. I mean, I you can't single anybody out that really struggled. Bucker, Bucker missed a field goal and an extra point. I meant on defense, but no. Bucker would struggle on defense. Can I get that Kyle Coffey? Uh, okay. Kyle Coffey asks, is it bad to be upset or a bit upset thinking that this should have been a 20-point win? Yeah. I mean, it should have. If the offense does a little bit more. If they um, don't turn the ball over the same rate that they have, if they protect the ball better, there's a lot of little things offensively, but it falls on the offensive side of the football, undoubtedly. I mean, the defense couldn't do anything more. And, the offense. And what I love about those things, though, is we used to have conversations and questions like that about was that good enough or aren't you mad that it could have been a little bit better? Because if they play a really good team, because that was always like the clarifier. It's like you can't do that against it was Dallas. This was one of the best teams was in the, the league. That was the one seed in the NFC. Yeah, it was one of the best teams in the league. Just, they they left like a lot scores. on the table, and they still went out there defensively and just absolutely dominated. Rarely, rarely do things just come together. Both sides of the football, you know, there's, there's, you're not going to see a ton of those performances every year or every, you know, you're going to see two or three where it's just both sides of the football are humming on all cylinders and, and it's just perfect. But you didn't get that today, but you got more than enough. And that means a, I mean, a two-score win. It's a two-score win. Yeah, we're wrapping this show up. We have here we go. Austin James, what do you say to the injury excuse from Cowboys fans? Um, it's always going to affect things. Do I think if Amari Cooper was on the field, that if some of those targets that went to number one, whatever his name is, that dropped a couple of passes, Cedric do I Wilson. think do I think they could have made a few more plays? Yes, but the coulda, shoulda, woulda games. Every team in the NFL can do that. There's can't an, do that. Like, an injury it's a losing conversation that teams that lose have those conversations about. Well, if we didn't have it, well, you didn't. And that's not real. The injury excuse will happen in every game in November, December, and January because every team is hurt. 
your quarterback it hypothetical plays, our conversations quarterback like that. I just yeah, it's it's fruitless. I don't, you know what? They can hey, they they can go off and, and enjoy their. Uh, I mean, it's almost Yankees baseball. Season, They'll get a so trophy at the end of the year, and it'll Cowboys Michael, fans can all enjoy Yankees baseball coming up soon. They'll go. They'll get a trophy Duke at the end of the year too. They can all off, celebrate starting soon. They can celebrate the Micah Parsons yeah. defensive rookie of the year and do a big hoopla about it while we're in. Yeah, well, yeah, I think the Cowboy. I think Cowboys LA? fans will have a lot of Vegas? fun watching the uh, Pro Bowl and all their players in the Pro Bowl. Where's the Super Bowl this year? Um, LA. It's in LA. It's in LA. It is in LA. Can't confirm. I'm just any uh, any Cowboys fans that came in from Dallas. I hope y'all got to try good barbecue finally. Anything? Yeah, I was going to wrap up this show by saying the Chiefs go into the bye week. I hope you guys have a great great Thanksgiving uh, over the next week. We'll continue to bring content to you at KC Sports Network um, with the normal list of podcasts. We'll figure out what it looks like right around Thanksgiving, but we appreciate all of your support. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe, and follow us on all the different social media channels. Got a lot of cool stuff coming up, adding new shows every week. A couple of giveaways going on right now inside of our Facebook group. We're giving away four tickets to the Broncos game, so make sure you get inside that group and you show us that you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. We're also giving away that Frank Clark autographed football. If you go on to Twitter, make sure you follow KC Sports Network and retweet that Frank Clark autographed football, and that will enter you as a chance to win that game. Again, the Chiefs head into the bye week, and when they come back, back back-to-back home games against the AFC West with the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. Both those games are at noon at Arrowhead Stadium. So we will probably be giving away tickets to both those games. Already given away to the Broncos, probably give away some tickets to the Raiders to make sure you're following us. Again, we appreciate all of your support. That is absolutely what we are thankful for here at KC Sports Network. So for BJ Kissel, for Kent Swanson, for Scott Ward, and for Tucker Franklin, for Craig and Maddie, appreciate you. We will see you next time.